Love Talk Radio. All right, welcome to another edition of the CTH podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. I am one of the co-experts over at Climbing Tales Hill, and I'm waiting for my other uh, co-expert to be calling in. Uh, Cody, are you there? All right, uh, we're trying something new. Uh, he's calling in because it's too icy outside, even though it's not that bad. But anyway, um, speaking of which, I hope everybody stayed safe. Um, I know this is weird that we've had snow dash ice twice this year, and um, it's been really out of ordinary for Houston, and it's also really out of ordinary for the Astros to be doing as good as they have been doing. Uh, and they actually went out and got a big-time Big time arm for the rotation. So we're going to talk about that during this show. And uh, Cody, whenever you join, just go ahead and uh, talk. But um, anyway, so uh, yeah, we got a, a big pack show. Uh, yes, we traded some players. One of the players uh, we traded was Joe Musgrove, and he's going to be one of the people that we will miss. Uh, he's um, he was just one of my favorites, and uh, he just had such a nice, a good personality and. He was just kind of had that bulldog mentality. Did he always pitch well? No. But uh, he, he, he did what you needed to do, especially down the stretch in uh, October and September. He kind of struggled a little bit in October, but that's okay. He's, it was his first real experience in, um, in the bullpen, so I'm not going to really fault him. But good luck to him. Uh, he's going to the Pittsburgh Power. And uh, so um, <clears throat> anyway, I'm trying to figure out how to get Cody in. All right. So uh, anyway, so yeah, he, um, the, if you haven't heard by now, and it's really weird because he was introduced by now, but if you haven't heard who went over there, it was uh, Colin Moran, then it was uh, Joe Musgrove, of course, then we also had um, Michael Feliz, and then we also had um, uh, Jason Martin. And I know a lot of people don't really know too much about Jason Martin, but he he has hit well pretty uh, pretty much throughout his entire minor league career. So let's see if this is Cody. Hey, Cody, is that you? Uh, yeah. Hey, Eric, what's going on, guys? Uh, okay. So yeah, we need to figure this out because I thought that um, I can just invite you like that. So uh, oh well. Anyway, we, we learned yeah, well, we yeah so. Maybe we could still take phone calls. I don't know if we could still take multiple phone calls and have you on. So we'll have to kind of play around this episode. So anyway, uh, how are you doing over there? I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, just staying in where it's warm. And uh, as, as my wife told me earlier, it's like, stay off the ice. I'm like, yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> but, yeah, we survived ice apocalypse 2018. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not that bad anymore. I was kind of afraid to go out. I didn't get out at all yesterday. Uh, my wife had to go work today, but no, she didn't have to go work yesterday. But she went to work yesterday. But I basically been in the house for two days, so I had to get out. And I went out, and we had to take my son Boy Scouts anyway. So it's not that bad out there. But um, from what I saw, there's a lot of accidents, uh, especially in the mornings and on the highway. So. I can't believe they closed 45 from the good part of oh. the day today. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like I was not, I was not expecting that. Yeah. It's just, uh, just kind of weird to see that. But anyway, guys, um, 
we can try to take some phone calls uh, because uh, Cody's on, so maybe it'll allow us to take multiple phone calls. But if you'd like to call in, go and call in at 347-850-8823. I repeat that, 347-850-8823. And you are listening to CTH Podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric underscore CTH. And Cody? Yes, you can find me at... Cody underscore CTH, or search me on Twitter by Cody Pogue, uh, as P-O-A-G-E. <laughs> and you go by, uh, oh, Facebook, but yeah, you go by uh, Cody CTH, right? On Twitter? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. Cody underscore CTH. All right, so we're t- uh, before you joined, I was talking about the Pirates trade. Yes, it was great to get Garrett Cole, uh, but did we give up a lot? And a lot of people would say no. We did not give up a lot. And um, the reason why is because the Astros are so deep. These players can actually go on and have pretty good careers for the Pirates, especially Joe Musgrove, like I was talking about. He, uh, I think he has a ceiling of a number three starter, maybe a number four. But um, that's pretty good because uh, I guess at this point last year, uh, Garrett Cole was the number four starter or three starter over there anyway. Then you have Colin Moran. He can end up um, – being one of those hidden treasures. I know he, uh, he missed a lot of season from fouling off the pitch to his face, but he was learning how to lift the ball and he was learning how to hit better. And um, then you also had Michael Feliz. Michael Feliz would not have played that much in this bullpen this year, just because we, we got too many players, unless there's injuries. And then Jason Martin, where would he play? Uh, I mean, he's probably going to be a triple A this year. Then, he would be kind of one of those John Kimmers or the Tony Kemp's that just kind of sit there and sit there in AAA. So, yes, the Astros didn't give up the top prospects, but the Pirates got some players that they need. Oh, yeah, uh, especially uh, Colin Moran. I'm a big believer in Colin Moran, especially the changes he made to his swing this year. Uh, he really emphasized, I think, uh, hitting for more power, which was kind of the knock on uh, on him uh, as he advanced through the Myers was the power just did not seem to translate well. But this past year, especially, you know, uh, playing in Fresno for the majority of the season, you know, he his power stroke really came on. Uh, I think the Pirates, you know, they're at the point where they can take a flyer on a couple guys. And Moran, I think, is a guy who could turn into something that people aren't necessarily expecting him to be. So I think that was a good pickup on the Pirates' side. Of course, Joe Musgrove, you know, the, uh, what they know is he could be a, a, a decent reliever. That may be his, you know, that may be his floor. Now, in terms of starting, he can may, uh, maybe become their number three, number four starter. And so they, you know, the ceiling there, they have to feel good with Musgrove. Like you said, Jason Marin, you know, no spot here in Houston, but he's a guy who can maybe come in and, you know, maybe uh, get some uh, a bad player on the season, depending on how well he plays in AAA for the Pirates. And uh, the same thing kind of applies to uh, Michael Feliz. He's more of a bullpen arm at this point than Musgrove. But uh, at the same time, time too, you know, you know, it never hurts to have enough pitching. And the Pirates could look at him and say, hey, you know, we may have something here at the back end of the bullpen with Feliz. And if Musgrove doesn't pan out on the rotation, you know, you picked up maybe two valuable uh, late inning guys down the road. So it, all in all, the the big name wasn't there that the I'm sure the Pirates fans were wanting, and definitely the big name that the Astros fans were kind of dreading. But at the same time, too, the Astros gave up talent. Let's not overlook that they gave up talent. This deal for Garrett Cole. 
Yeah, I agree. And you're listening to CTH Podcast. Uh, we're part of the Fan Sighting Network, and uh, we're going to have a weekly show on uh, Wednesdays. Uh, that may change during the regular season because I may be going to games, but I'm going to try to avoid games on Wednesdays and Sundays for Talking Strohs. So we'll have to see how it goes then. But for now, we're talking about this trade. What does this mean for the Astros? The Astros have got, yes, he struggled last year, but he was with the Pirates, and the Pirates weren't really a good team last year. Look at what happened to McCutcheon. He went from being an all-star player to just kind of eh. And uh, there's just so much talent. And this guy's uh, only, what, 20, I forget, 27 or something? And uh, he's young. Is he 26 yeah. or 27? Uh, 27. Yes. 27. <laughs> Okay, yeah, 27. So, yeah, this guy's young. He's, he can throw 96 miles per hour. And uh, I like what he said today. Uh, he said that it's always great to be wanted by the World Series champions, and that's what the Astros are. And a lot of people don't realize that people do want to come to Houston. You saw Jay Bruce want to come to Houston, but he didn't really wait. Uh, he didn't want to wait around because uh, jobs are going away. And so, anyway, so what do you think about the Garrett Cole trade? Uh, as a whole, I, I'm really a fan of the trade. Uh, Cole, I think, has some promise, uh, especially going forward. Uh, he's Right now, he'll probably be the number three starter behind, of course, uh, Justin Verlander and Dallas Keuchel for this season. But he's got the ace-like potential, the stuff in there, the fastball, like he says. And it, he averages about 96 miles an hour on his fastball. It's not a fastball that has a lot of horizontal vertical movement to my understanding but at the same time too you know look what uh, brent strom has done with all these pitchers that have come through you know uh you know for crying out loud they made colin McHugh, uh, a guy who you know but not the same stuff as garrett cole into a pretty decent number two star for about two two and a half seasons and i'm kind of, i'm really curious to see what they do with cole what changes they made to his uh uh, how he approaches the game, uh, his pitches, you know, maybe change up how he his pitch sequencing and see how that works. Because he really started throwing a lot more of his secondary stuff this year. And I'm kind of curious to see if they maybe try to go back to that fastball a little bit. Maybe they try to go back, uh, maybe even toss around some certain uh, secondary offerings uh, of his. And uh, but yeah, it's a it's a very good it's, it's a very good move for the Astros and. Relaxed fans, yes, Garrett Cole had a big spike in home runs, but I think that's a just a blip on the radar. Yeah, and uh, you have to like what he said today, too, about uh, uh, Brian McCann already reaching out to him, and some of the other Astros have reached out to him and say how excited he is uh, to be part of this team. And he he also threw shade to the Pirates and saying, oh, it's, it's great to be going to an organization that values me high, and an environment where the team puts resources into making the team better for its fans. And so uh, that shows uh, what the Pirates have been struggling with the past few years. Yes, they've had great players, but they never really went out and got those big-time players to kind of help them win. And you, uh, you kind of saw them waste a opportunity. And Because um, Garrett Cole was uh, the first overall pick the same year that uh, George Springer was drafted. So... This guy is a legit ace. Uh, yes, he's coming off a, a down year, but he only makes the Astros organization better. So if you're listening, go and give us a call at 347-850-8823. Uh, if I have to, I can always put Cody on hold and uh, answer the call if it won't let me do two at a row. So 
Anyway, let's move on from the Garrett Cole trade um, and let's talk about what's next. What do you do? You see anything happening? Uh, right now, I think the biggest question mark is the lack of you know really a quality left-handed reliever and probably the backup catcher uh, role as well. You know, those are probably the only two. Uh, positions that the Astros really haven't addressed with all that mu- uh, all that much this off season, and I'm kind of curious to see what they do from here on out. But uh, I expect they'll probably do some fine tuning fine tuning around those positions. But at this point, unless something drastically changes, I think we're just mainly looking at minor moves from here on out. Yeah, I agree with that. That that's what we talked about on Talking Strohs on Sunday. We said that. Uh, they're probably not going to update the bullpen. Um, I know we got two uh, roster spots on the 40-man roster, but you you might see uh, some in some, I guess players already inside the organization uh, maybe get some looks during spring training. But I don't think you're going to see any big big time moves. Um, we we didn't think that Jonathan Lacroix was going to be a fit on this team anymore. Um, because uh, he he wants to start, he wants to be a starting catcher, and we have Brian McCann, and we could always pick up Brian McCann's option in 2019 as well. So, uh, I just I don't see them going after a big time reliever and the money, especially if you're talking about somebody like Tony Watson. Yes, he's good. Uh, is he great? No, he's not your elite lefty reliever, but neither is Tony Sip. And Tony Sip is making let me see six million this year. So. Either the Astros are going to have to eat that $6 million or he'll be on the 25-man roster. So uh, hopefully he has a good spring. Hopefully he bounces back. But um, you also have Anthony Ghost. Um, we didn't think that there's any chance that he makes this roster just because this is a championship team. You can't really, really be taking a risk like that unless, unless he just blows people away this spring. He looks very polished. But he's probably ticketed back to Arlington, so um, I, I just don't see them any making any more big moves. And this bullpen is still strong. Don't forget, this move means that uh, Colin McHugh moves to the bullpen. That means you can have Brad Peacock as your primary, like maybe seventh or eighth inning guy, and you just have so many options for that. So I don't see the bullpen being that important, and. Uh, we can also talk about um, somebody you wrote about today in a little bit, but I just don't see them going out and getting a trade um, for a catcher now or signing a free agent catcher. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm at this point now where, you know, I'm not expecting them to make any more big splashes. Of course, the uh, the uh, uh, Tony Watson is an interesting player, I think, to keep an eye on because wasn't it mentioned uh, when uh, I think he and Garrett Cole are like uh, really good friends, and I think also isn't Charlie Moore really good friends with Cole and Watson from his time in Pittsburgh? So that's an interesting angle to keep track of uh, going forward, and that may be the only you know uh, that he may be one of the few names that they actually sign, but at the same time too, you know, you're paying twenty six six million dollars. You might as well try to see if you get something out of him in 2018, and especially when you. I read somewhere, I believe it was the Chronicle, and they did make a point of saying, uh, I'm not sure if it was uh, Jake Kaplan or not, but uh, they did make a point saying uh, that Sip only allowed one run in uh, eight appearances, I believe, in September. So, you know, the Astros, they may be banking on if they can maybe 
reinvent the, you know, maybe kind of reinvent Tony Sip a little bit like they did a few years ago, then that'll be, hey, I'll be all for that. But at the same time, too, the track record hasn't been there since he signed his big contracts. Yeah, and uh, props to him for having such a good 2015 season at the Astros gave him that third year because I think the Pirates weren't going to go, I mean, sorry, the Yankees were the competition, and I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to go past two years. So uh, congrats to Tony Sip for just really uh, putting it to the Astros. and But, yeah, hopefully he bounces back. Um, we just don't need the 2017 version. Even if we had the 2014 3.38 ERA, I can li- live with that. We just can't have the 5.79 ERA he had last year. Oh, no, especially, you know, well, there were certain points last year where you can make the argument, yeah, Chris Davinsky is more effective against left-handers than Tony Sipp. Like, uh, maybe Chris Davinsky. Uh, left-handed specialist, which he's probably still no, you still don't want that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, so I I just don't see them making a, any more really big splashes. I I know we all have those pipe dreams that we say, oh yeah, let's go go out and get that. But one person who I do think that they might try to go get is Carlos Gonzalez. I know he's not sexy. We've talked about him for a few uh, weeks on. Um, CTH podcast, but he could fit what this team needs this year. Uh, he could be that left fielder splitting time with uh, Derek Fisher, and because um, we don't know really know what we have in Derek Fisher right now, because he came up hot, but then down the stretch he kind of cooled down, and so we uh, that's why they traded for um, Cameron Maben or they they uh, claimed him off waivers or whatever happened, but. So we we don't really know what to expect with Derek Fisher, but I think I mentioned this on this show before. He could have as good numbers as Carlos Gonzalez can, but it it doesn't hurt to have the extra veteran in the lineup. Exactly, and I, you know, Carlos Gonzalez, he's one of those guys I I have mixed feelings about uh, going forward. Uh, obviously, his career he's been very good throughout his career. You know, two hundred fifteen career home runs. You know, uh, he's posted about 20, uh, 23 uh, wins throughout his career, you know, if you go by Fangraph's uh, war model. So he's he's obviously been a good player for his career, but, you know, the splits away from Curtis Field, but I think we discussed this a little bit last week, where, you know, you just don't know how that will change based on his home park, you know, a different approach. Maybe the Astros see something there like, oh, hey, you know, change this and uh, you're, uh, you know, you should be able to get uh, better contact on the ball. Your power may come back. You know, it's just that type of deal where the Astros may just see something there. And, and he, he feel that uh, he will feel that kind of that veteran presence and that uh, on the roster again, kind of like Carlos Beltran did last year. But this time you could expect uh, even more production out of cargo than you did Beltran. So that's the, of all the noble names on the market, that may be the one guy that Astros actually do sign. Yeah, and if he like uh, if he flops, it won't be that big a deal because how much offensively did Beltran offer last year? This lineup can carry a, a hitter, and so like at the in the second half last year, what did Brian McCann hit? It was it was crazy if you go back and look at his stats. I don't have in front of me, but uh, it was pathetic. But he still was that great defensive catcher, and uh, he helped uh, with this pitching staff. And so that's why I think Garrett Cole is going to have a good time over here with him behind the plate. And hopefully 
The Astros bring him back for 2019 at least, but he is um, his offense is going down. So we'll have to see what goes from here, uh, what goes on from here. But uh, it just we don't need anything, and that's a great thing. The, uh, the stuff we're looking for is just upgrades, just to make us better. And so I don't see the Astros upgrading at catcher at this point, but I do think that if Brian McCann is struggling or if Max Stassi shows that he can't hit towards the uh, trade deadline, you may see the Astros go after a catcher. And a catcher I'm thinking of is somebody you wrote about today, which is JT Realmuto. And uh, yes, he'll be more expensive then, but at this point, the Astros don't need a full-time catcher. They have Brian McCann. Uh, it'll be a waste to trade for him now. But if McCann gets hurt or is just not as effective, uh, yes, you could see something like that happening closer to a deadline to not only improve the team for 2018, but I'm not sure how many years uh, Rio Muta has left, but that would be a good deal for the Astros to improve for the future as well. Yeah, that post there, that was more of a, I'll be honest, that was more of a pipe dream than anything else, you know, speculating like, oh, look, let's get Christian Yelich and JT Rillamuto and let's complete this AOS Dringle hole we have for at least the next three or four years. Let's, like, really get this one, you know, let's punch in our playoff ticket for the next four years. And But, uh, yeah, uh, JT Rillamuto, I, I, uh, I like him quite a bit. He would fit a uh, more long-term need. Uh, he is under contract, I believe, through or under team control through 2020. Uh, so you know you have him for quite some time. Uh, and he and he and one thing I noticed with him while I was writing that post earlier today um, was if you hop over to Baseball Prospectus, they uh, do a pretty good job of uh, calculating you know what they consider you know uh, uh, framing for catchers, and you know their overall just defensive value. JT Rulamuto across a lot of different defensive categories for catchers that uh, some other sites don't fully capture. Ten top 15 catchers in multiple categories, especially, you know, building runs above replacements. I mean, uh, not above replacements, sorry. Uh, building runs above average. And uh, and that's something not even, like, none of the Astros catchers. None of the Astros catchers cracked the top 50 in that category last year. So he would obviously be probably an upgrade behind the plate. He has a bit of a pop in his bat now. I'm not sure how much is due to, you know, the supposed juice ball that we've seen this past season. But, you know, he did have 17 dingers last year. His uh, his power has increased, you know, uh, the past couple of years. And, you know, he's and he's been about a three, three-and-a-half win player the last uh uh, two seasons, and he's projected again to be nearly a better three-win player. So he, he's obviously got a lot of value, but uh, he's one of those that it's more of a probably a pipe dream at this point, unless, you know, some things change. Brian McCann's a year older, and, you know, the Astros are clearly wanting to move away from Evan Gass as a backup catcher, and you got Max Stassi, and Stassi, he can, he, he can play decent defense behind the plate, but, you know, what about the bat? The bat's kind of a big question mark with him going forward. Yeah, that's why I think they want to see what the, what he can do. And maybe, let's say he struggles during spring training, and you um, you may see Evan Gaddis kind of go back to being the backup catcher because, and especially if you get Carlos Gonzalez, because that gives 
mm-hmm. uh, that opens up the DH position for another hitter. So I think if the uh, I think that's why the Astros haven't really gone all gun ho on Carlos Gonzalez yet is because they know that uh, Evan Gaddis would have to be a backup catcher in that role, and I'm not sure if they're ready to commit to that. And nothing against oh, Gaddis as a catcher, so. Oh yeah, and that all ties and that all ties back kind of sort of to Derek Cole when you think about it, because Derek Fisher was one of those names that everybody was like, "Oh, we surely have to trade Derek Fisher to get Garrett Cole," and everybody's thinking, "Okay, get Garrett Cole or get another trade for another pitcher and just sign Carlos Gonzalez." And there you go, there you have your new left fielder. Well, Derek Fisher's still on the roster, so that's an extra variable in the equation that you weren't expecting to have. And the Astros, you know, for as much you know, for as good as this roster is, and they really do value uh, flexibility on this roster. Look at Marlon Gonzalez. You know, a lot of people, uh, if you look online and different uh, uh, comment sections of Astros news, they'll say, well, what about Marlon? Is he going to be our left fielder? No, he's not. The Astros value his roster flexibility, you know, too much. He can play, he can wear multiple hats. Uh, And, I think that's kind of where the Astros are stuck a little bit. They're not exactly sure what they want to do with Evan Gattis, I think, for this year to a certain extent. And at the same time, too, this backup catcher situation, it kind of just, it kind of, uh, it kind of just makes the waters all that much murkier for them trying to determine what they need to do. But, it's a, hey, this is a good problem to have. Too much talent on the roster, that's a good problem to have. So I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not complaining on that. Hey, I'm not sure if you actually caught it, but last week we actually might have predicted what happened with the original Garrett Cole trade. Remember, we were talking about Jay Bruce, and we're we're saying uh, how Jay Bruce was the backup in case the Astros traded Derek Fisher. What if there was a deal kind of close, and uh, the Astros thought that they were going to trade Fisher, and then they heard that Jay Bruce signed with the Mets? could that have changed everything, which is why there is the pause and the trades talk stop. So we kind of touched on that last Wednesday and we don't know if that's true, but it kind of makes sense. Then everything kind of lines up. Oh yeah. It's certainly plausible. When you think about it, because Jay Bruce, you know, expressed an interest in coming to Houston. The Astros were like, Oh yeah, we can use another hitter in this lab. You know, that's no, that's no problem here. Uh, you know, it's just it's interesting and it's fun to speculate and whether it's true or not, you know, beyond us. But, you know, it's fun to speculate and like, well, maybe this trade or this non-trade cause like, you know, sometimes a little ripple just changes the whole trajectory of, you know, where the team is trying to go in the off season. And uh, it's something to, it's something to keep in mind, especially if they make any more moves, you're kind of like, well, does this all link back to, you know, Jay Bruce, Garrett Cole? It's it's fun to think about the domino effect with all this stuff. Yeah, that's why I called it the um, the Garrett Cole and Jay Bruce conspiracy theory. So, yeah, I don't think that too much into it, but it may have had something to do with it. But, um, Cody, I want to tell you something that the, people are asking us, and I'm legitimately saying they're asking us, this on talking shows. Do the Astros still go out and get you Darvish? Heck no. They're not going to get you Darvish. The reason why they went out and got Garrett Cole was to uh, be a cheaper you Darvish. I mean, they're getting him for, I think, $6.5 million this year. Maybe, depending on what type of season he has next year, $8 million. So I think they're saving two, uh, like $10 to $15 million 
over you Darvish with Cole um, with Garrett Cole. And I I don't know if you caught this, but Richard Justice said that they prefer Garrett Cole's two years versus you Darvish's three to four years or something. Yeah, that makes sense because when you think about it, New Darvish is a 31-year-old pitcher, and once you're on that other side of 30, you know, historically speaking, performance, you know, can decline uh, sharply. And mm-hmm. Garrett Cole is only 27. And the Astros, too, they may feel like, hey, let him pitch here for two years. Let him be on a contending team. Let him absorb all this knowledge from Keiko, Verlander, you know, Brent Strom. You know, and Garrett Cole may be like, "Hey, I want to stay in Houston. So I'm a long-term tr- contract in Houston. There you go. You know, you're 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 fine. You got a 29-year-old pitcher locked up for, you know, through that. Uh, and you and another thing with you, Darvish, and this is something that Garrett Cole really only had one season where injuries have been that much of a concern was 2016, and that was more to do, I believe, it was more to do with some tricep issues and stuff of that nature. You, Darvish, has already had Tommy John surgery. And while pitchers nowadays are rebounding better from Tommy John than they did like 10, 15 years ago, still that concern is way on your mind. Like, well, how long is that arm going to hold out? We don't want to commit $20, $30 million in annual value to him each season, even if it is just for, you know, anywhere from three to five seasons. Well, honestly, with Darvish, he'll probably want at least five years. Uh, And it's just that unknown of his health, you know, how well will that arm hold up? Yeah, he and it's also looking at the you know the value of the contract long term. You know, he may have a the first season or two, he'd be like, oh, you Darvish, good signing, first year or two. Then the last couple of years, you're like, oh, this kind of really hampers them in the and you know the payroll department. You know, you're going like, well, how they resign Springer, how they resign Correa, how they resign Altuve. You know, those are questions that Ash is going to have to answer sooner rather than later, and. It's kind of like the whole approach with Jake Arrieta, you know, spending a whole lot of money on a pitcher on the other side of 30 for the Astros in this in their, in their current window just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. As much as uh, Darvish would have helped this team in the short term, you know, the long term, I think there was enough questions where they're like, okay, let's really think about this. And I think that's where they feel the most confident with Garrett Cole is even though he's under a contract for just two more seasons. Uh, they feel, I think, they feel much more common being able to sign him and get maybe six, seven seasons worth of solid production from Cole versus, you know, however amount, uh, how much uh, Darvish would, uh, you know, how many years uh, they would sign Darvish for. Yeah, and it's just weird. And I think it's more to the uh, the quality of the talent this year. We just haven't seen any contracts more than any guaranteed contracts more than three years. And Somebody signed for a third year with I mean three year with a fourth um option year. I forgot who it was, but um but next year is gonna be a whole different story and like we talked about the Bryce Harpers, then you have Clayton Kershaw who could opt out next year and Dallas Keuchel and then the year after that you you're gonna have Jose Altuve and some of the other bigger names around the league. So I, I just I don't know if uh, the Carlos Lee type contracts have just the owners have just said, we're not doing it anymore. We're, we're, uh, we're just tired of sucking up the back end of the contract. Uh, you look at players like Albert Pujols, who signed that, I believe it was a 10-year deal at the time, and uh, to play till he's 42. That's a lot of money for somebody who's going to be that old. And so you may, you may be seeing, unless they're just an elite talent like a Bryce Harper or maybe Jose Altuve, um, and, of course, Springer and Correa and all them um, – you could be seeing the 
the death of the 10-year contracts. I mean, people are going to go maybe four to five years max because there's just so much unsurety with health these days and effectiveness. Look at what happened with Astros and Tony Sipp. They're like, oh, we're getting a great deal uh, with this left-handed specialist who we counted on as our closer in the playoffs that year. But he, he sucks. And so it just I think a lot of teams are realizing that they rather pay more short-term versus uh, spread out long-term. Yes, exactly. You're, uh, I believe you're spot on there, Eric. And especially when you think about teams are that much smarter nowadays. You know, everybody's going to hear this C word kind of tossed around a little bit for a while, but collusion is going to be the popular term. And, you know, there very well may be some of that going on. At the same time, too, I also think just the front offices of these teams, you know, everybody's into the analytics side of things, you know, sabermetrics. Everybody's looking into, like, what's the surplus, uh, what would the surplus value of player X be versus player Y? You know, teams are looking for that. Like, for example, let's look at the Red Sox and their first base situation. They brought back Mitch Moreland on short-term contract rather than sign Eric Hosmer, you know, the star uh, first baseman of the Kansas City Royals, uh, and 10 years ago, that may not have been the case. They were like, you know, let's sign the star guy and make this a lineup, you know, full stars. And nowadays teams are like, well, wait, let's be smart about our money and let's just see what happens. And the Astros are, you know, they're, they're at the forefront. Of this. They, they want to spend their money efficiently. And teams nowadays, I think, are just – they're not – they're not willing to spend like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars over a 10 year deal minus, you know, your Bryce Harper's, your Manny Machado's, you know, those type of guys, those are more exceptions to the rule now than the actual rule. And I think teams and the players are now feeling this. And it's kind of curious if you think going forward, what the bargaining agreement will do for baseball in terms of how would they compensate the younger players? And one interesting thing I have heard lately that may be tossed around when the bargaining agreement, I think, is in, uh, I believe it's 2021 or 2020. I'm not exactly sure, but it's something similar to the NBA's restricted free agency. Instead of having, you know, the three years or whatever of arbitration after the player's first initial three years, there may be something like, hey, after their third or fourth season, they may get, you know, more sizable contracts, you know, and the money may start going back to the younger players. So that's another interesting thing to keep an eye on in future years. But, yeah, I'm with you. These front offices, you know, they're, they just realize that with the injuries and the, and the uncertainty that comes with these long-term contracts, they're shying away from that. And you're seeing that, I think, come to a, a head this offseason. Yeah, and uh, you may see you Darvish only signed for three years, uh, or some Jake Arrieta only signed for three years, and I, I think he had a four-year potential deal with the Cubs at one point. But it's just it's just weird seeing what's going on, and I wonder if uh, this the new trend will kind of make more people like George Springer want to uh, take that extension that the Astros offer them early in their career, but. People like Springer also, they're probably going to make money no matter what just because they're so talented and anybody would pay for that. So anyway, let's move away from the salary and and, and let's talk about Colin McHugh. Uh, what role do you see him having this uh, season? Uh, Colin McHugh, I think, we'll, I think we'll probably see him kind of adapt to that Brad Peacock in 2017 role. You know, he'll be kind of coming out of the bullpen. He may spot start. And let's be honest. 
nowadays you're not going to make it through a full season with just five starters. And those days are, I think, well behind us now. I think you're going to see the Astros kind of be a little um, – uh, they'll use that 10-day DL kind of like the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers used that 10-day DL like crazy last year with their starters. And a lot of this was like, oh, God, he has a tight, uh, tight hamstring or, you know, you know, something like that. And be like, oh, you know, he just needs rest. Or, and essentially, I think you'll see Dash was kind of give Justin Verlander a little rest from time to time, Dallas Keuchel, even Lance McCullers because, you know, they're not sure how long uh, into the season he may last. And, uh, Colin McHugh, I think you'll see him along with Brad Peacock kind of go back and forth, you know, kind of that they'll kind of be the swing men out of the bullpen. And uh, I really do anticipate you'll see McHugh especially be used in both in both roles. And he may be a guy who, you know, even out of a bullpen, he, kind of like a tandem star, you know, like Bash was like to use in the minors. That wouldn't be out of the question this season either, I think. Also, something we talked about in Talking Strohs on Sunday was how about we go ahead and make Lance McCullers the fifth pitcher? The reason why, even though he's uh, probably going to be a third pitcher, you can give him some more uh, – you can skip his starts. You can kind of give him a little bit more breather. You can throw in Colin McHugh for a start and then bring him in from bullpen. So uh, there's ways that the Astros – and we may have to do this with McCullers is we may have to just limit his innings and until he can prove that he can stay, stay healthy for a whole season. And the, this whole rotation is, uh, is dependent on can Dallas Keuchel stay, stay healthy this year. And he's going to have to find a way to do that. And I have a feeling he will because he's in a walk season. So you, you know, he's going to want to uh, just build up, as many stats as he can this year to try to get the best contract next year. But we're not talking about 2019. We're talking about 2018 Astros and it, it's going to be an exciting team. Uh, the only thing is what, what are we going to do as a backup catcher and Max Stassi? What do you think? Uh, make your prediction. I haven't told you about this, but I'm going to make you make a prediction. What's Max Stassi going to hit batting average, Homer, and uh, I guess RBIs. Okay, batting average, home run, and RBI. Um, I'm going to say home runs. I'll go with eight home runs. Uh, That's what I would say. Yeah, batting average, I'd probably go 245, 250. And RBI, I say let's just go, I'm thinking 30 to 40. Uh, Let's go about about, uh, 30. 35 I have 38. I have 38. 38. So I, I have 240 with eight homers and 38 RBIs. So that's not bad as a backup catcher. It's not not what Evan Gaddis can offer, but last year Evan Gaddis didn't get as many at-bats. So that's why they want him in the DH spot because he can probably mm-hmm. get more homers for the Astros. And, I just, and you heard uh, some people just say, why isn't Gaddis playing more? And it's because of the whole – um, if something happens to McCann and Gaddis is the DH, then you would lose the DH for the rest of the game. So that's why the Astros didn't like to do that. But the offense, sometimes the offense exploded and it didn't matter if you lost the DH for a bat or two. So that's, that's what's so dynamic about this. So uh, before we get close to the end, I want to, I want to, if you follow this guy, Max Fairplay, I don't really follow him, but uh, people always uh, – he's always trolling Astros fans. So he predicted 
He's a Yankees fan, by the way, but he predicted the Astros would, okay, get this, finish second in the AL West behind the Angels and practically be tied with the Athletics for the wild card. And uh, so basically the Angels would win 90 games and the Astros would win 85 games. That's a Yankees fan, but that's just that's stupidity. I mean, just think that – I know he's trolling – but to think that the Astros are only going to win 85 games with this rotation, uh, how many games do you think they're going to win? Uh, the how Astros. many games the Astros win? Uh, let's see. Huh, that's, uh, of course, I'm getting you know, biased, and I'm also quite high on this roster. But I think their floor is probably, I'd say, 93, 94 wins. I think, and that's just me being a uh, – that's probably their floor. Uh, actual win total, I you know I can I can see you know anywhere from ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. You know, winning a hundred games in a season is always difficult. And that's the reason you don't see very many teams do it. But at the same time, I think I think I think ninety seven, ninety eight wins is I think a reasonable expectation for the Astros this season. Yeah, the Angels are improved, but I just don't see them improve that much, and. Um... I uh, athletics they just they find a way to screw up and I hate to say that because they were good for a while there, but Billy Bean has just lost it and they just they they trade players and I mean I know they're trying they got Chris Davis and they got uh, I think they got Scott Pikowski from the the Cardinals but I just don't think they'll ever keep players around long enough for them to actually win so anyway so. Anyway, uh, we got about a minute, 30 seconds. You got anything else you want to talk about real quick? Um, uh, the one other thing I want to talk about, just touch on just really quick, is just, you know, just circling back to the players at the Astros uh, giving up in the Garrett Cole trade, you know, all I'm going to tell people is keep an eye on Colin Moran, you know, just really, you know, looking at his numbers, he's shown, I think he can have, if he hits for the power, he has stay, he can stay in the majors and, you know, I think that's – and unfortunately for him, you know, he would have been great to see an Astros uniform, but, you know, Alex Bregman at third, you know, that wasn't – they weren't going to move Bregman. But anyway, you know, I'm just telling you all as fans right now, keep an eye on Colin Moran, and I, I think he's going to do something – hopefully do something special in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think uh, we might look back at that trade and be like, wow, we gave us some great players, but at least we didn't have to give up Kyle Tucker and – and then Force Whitley. So anyway, uh, we've got about 30 seconds left in the show. So guys, uh, you've been listening to CTH Podcast with Eric Heisman. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Eric underscore CTH. Cody? Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, uh, Cody underscore CTH. And we are the co-experts over at Climbing Tows Hill. Uh, no, we're not changing the name. Uh, it's just who we are. And um, we enjoy your comments. And guys, Keep on listening to CTH Podcast. We will broadcast every Wednesday at about 9 o'clock Central Time. We'll talk to you next week. See you guys.